Hello everyone, welcome back to Let's Take a Moment. I hope you're all having a great week. Now the good news is that I have continued to make good progress on my dietary efforts, my efforts to eat at breakfast, lunch and tea, stop eating at half five in the evening, eat nothing else till the next morning. So hopefully I'm getting a bit of an intermittent fast benefit, although I think I would have to fast for a little bit longer in the morning to get the full uh, a benefit that you get from that type of diet approach. Uh, a little bit more tricky when it comes to being diabetic. You've got to be a bit more strategic about food. Like I can't miss meals, for example. But I'm just trying to basically to limit the carbs because that's where I fall down. I love me breads, me rice, me everything. You know, anything with carbs and chocolate. You know, I enjoy high sugar stuff. Luckily, I'm not a, a big sweets man, but I'm so I like I like chocolate, but I'm not someone who craves cakes for example or, or anything like that so i'm fortunate in that respect but for me it's all bread you know i just love bread if, if you just gave me a baguette every meal i'll be quite happy <laughs> obviously i like my crisps as well and it's all about boxing clever and i've come up with a way of of doing it where i'm diabetic as you know and i'm type one so i take insulin injections so one of the things that you should be doing if you're doing it properly and it's what i'm doing now is I've got a book and I uh, test my sugar for reading and I'm slowly but surely checking it at every meal and I'm adjusting the numbers so I know exactly, for example, what to take if I have a, a brown roll, tuna mayo brown roll, for example. I know exactly how much uh, insulin units to take for that so I can calculate the correct amount of insulin to pretty much get back to the reading I'm at by the next meal. And then if I need to adjust, if I'm a little bit higher, I'm a little bit low, then I can adjust to get back into what's the optimal range of between sort of five and six and a half really is probably the, the ideal uh, number. If you're under four, you're in a hype, hypo, which is when you, for the for those of you who are not diabetic, it's if you've ever felt sort of shaky when you're hungry, that's when your sugar level drops a little bit. Um, but for diabetics, it's a bit more, it can be quite dangerous if you don't deal with it. And that's why eating regularly is, is better for me. And I'm just slowly but surely getting more discipline so for example at the moment for breakfast i'm having cereal with two slices of toast i've really looked forward to it as i'm sitting here now at 25 to 12 and i'll just be heading to bed shortly all the medications taken all the sugar tests taken and it all looks good before before going to bed i'll wake up in the morning i'll look forward to my breakfast and then but eventually i'm just going to reduce that down to just having weetabix now the benefit of that is if you're a slim faster then you get your healthy extra and your i think it's dairy possibly if i think again i'm not a big proponent of this because actually you get sins now the, the problem with sins for me is it all becomes bread and it all becomes carbs so i'm best off just trying to stick to a, a healthy regime at the moment i have two sandwiches for lunch with a banana i'll get that down to one sandwich i might even boot the banana at some point um and then have a just sort of a healthy tea no but you don't have to be too crazy um and again it's i have just a, a bowl of something like chicken rice or roast or you know small amount of chips and, and have a chip butty as well um but I, I do things in moderation so i'm not eating for example big pizzas I, the other day i was in the supermarket and i was um i picked up this pepperoni pizza and i love pepperoni pizza and I just looked at it for a while and I looked at the back and I saw how many carbs were in it. And it was like 160 grams for a full pizza in this particular box. And I looked at it and thought, 
wow, I'd have to take a lot of insulin to burn that up. And so I really want to take all of that inside me and actually put it back. And now that, that was a bit of a breakthrough, you know, because I'm not one of these people who, for example, when I eat at half five, and this is where you can take a little bit of learning from me because I'm going to take you through my, my sort of normal day and how I get through it because the psychology that I use is, is that I do my tests at every meal. And what I hate is when your, your sugar's really high. I really hate that. So I know that if I just do, if I eat my breakfast and I stop, get through to lunch, I'm all right. I can survive and, and I can do it. I can do it very easily. And it's just pure greed if, if I eat. And even when I'm sort of off the rails, uh, which hopefully I will not be now, but, well, I'm not at the moment, but hopefully I'll, do better from from now on but when I was off the rails I still wouldn't really eat between my breakfast and lunch it would just be what I was having for those meals that was the problem so that's quite fortunate in a way that I'm not someone who at half 10 just suddenly you know guzzles something um so it was more about monitoring what I had for those meals so for breakfast to lunch I'm fine so I just have my my healthy breakfast and then just work on you know eating less so it's it's more about it's more about that so Another, again, for lunchtime used to be a big error, so now I'm just kind of moderating what I eat. Um, I always kind of look forward to lunch, so I just try and have as much as I can get away with whilst none of the kind of snacks, because what I'd do in the afternoon, it used to be about 2, 2.30, I would go and get like a sandwich or something, or I'd just be picking at crisps. So if I had some, you know, those chip sticks that you get, uh, the um, little stick things, really I could just like gluttonly eat a massive bag of those. Um, packet of crisps or Mars bar so you know in the afternoon just that kind of boredom time so that I get through the afternoon I don't find it too difficult to be honest I find sort of two hours after I eat your blood sugar starting to drop and you start to think you know start to think about tea but I just try and last in those um, in those couple of hours I try just to, to to just get through them have something to drink for example because thirst can often feel like hunger if you're thirsty so I have plenty to drink plenty of water um, I allow myself a Diet Coke and that's something else I drink too much of so I um, I try and just have a Diet Coke when I have my meals and water in between and that's obviously helpful um, gets to tea time I test my sugar and if I've calculated it right I should be around about five so I cook my tea I eat it and that can be a challenge because I'm, I'm always hungry when I cook it and sometimes cooking something healthy when I'm hungry doesn't feel like that exciting and I don't get that buzz that I used to get when I was eating something like quote unquote bad so I kind of make that and I eat it I do my washing up and then I, I I move away and the time where I really struggle at that point when I've eaten my tea I quite often at the end of my sort of last mouthful I think to myself oh man I don't get to eat anything else till next till the next morning so psychologically I've I've got a good way of getting through that because I always come up with an activity and I'm studying at the moment um, a Forex training, which is, you know, potentially could be end up where I'm funded. But I'm just working on 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 a, on a strategy. I've I've bought some training. It's it's not easy to do and it's it's difficult, but there's people using this that do make a living. So I'm just doing that as something to do. It's something to study and focus on um, that keeps me keeps my mind occupied, because what tends to happen is I get to 8 p.m., and 8 p.m. is very difficult for me. Between 8 and half 9, I seem to be... Re I'm ready to just snack something. And I guess that was the point where I would sometimes go, yeah, fancy a Big Mac, and I'd head out to McDonald's and 
that really isn't good for me. Like anything that spikes my blood sugar and I'd end up sometimes having cereal and toast before I went to bed. So you wake up in the morning, you've got to rush to the toilet. You know, it's not nice to say, but it's big, it was, it was, it made that side of life harder. So when you wake up in the morning, when you just go to bed and I'm sitting here now at quarter to 12, I'm not hungry. So it's just that window of between probably eight and maybe half eight till about 10-ish that I'm struggling. After 10, I just kind of wait an hour, do my tests and then go, go to bed. Um, but I'm actually up a bit later, but I'm just having a, a drink and then going to bed. But to be honest, I'm feeling a lot better. The benefits is great because I might not be losing a lot of weight yet. And I'm sure I've lost a little bit, but that's not the point. I just need to stick at this and slowly but surely optimize it in terms of eating. I've got to drop my food a little bit more, I think, and do a little bit more exercise. So, But at the end of the day, I've got the main problems dealt with. So I'm not snacking. I'm not eating chocolate. I'm not, you know, when I left my mum's quite often um, on an evening when I visited my parents, I would pass by spa and I would buy, you know, a some bread and some some crisps and some chocolate and I'd eat them on the way home or when I got back watching a bit of TV and that's not a good habit to be in it's, it's the reason why I've ended up you know the weight that I am um so so I, then as I basically go to bed but when I wake up in the morning I always feel relatively good you know I don't I'm not hungry but I'm not not hungry either and I haven't got like I'm not laden down with food I, I feel quite fresh and alert and it really is a nice feeling guys but I tell you something the main confidence that I have that I can do it is that I've done it before and that was the thing that I didn't have in 2018 and and I because I, I didn't know if it worked so I just kind of felt my way through it and I gradually got going um and, and I didn't have any anything to go on I'd never lost weight before like I'd always just plateaued and slightly increased um and just gradually you know as you get older you're more susceptible to weight so I just gradually got bigger um, and I didn't have anything to go on. I had no reason to be confident. It was only when I started seeing and feeling the weight come off. And it wasn't the number. It was the, the face that got me the most. It was my face because when you're eating bad, you, you, you bloat and you're visibly puffy. So as well as being heavier and you have obviously, you know, weight around your, your double chin sort of thing. And you, your face, for me, I get a kind of additional weight around like under my job in the corner you know, on my cheeks and you just, you know, you just puff out um, and and that sort of shrinks initially and, and you do see it. So I feel it now where I've still got a long way to go, like a long, long way to go. But that's the bit that I like. You know, I'm not someone who thinks that I'm good looking at all, but I, I prefer myself leaner and I like that. The For me, a lean face looks nice. And, and even if you're not particularly attractive, I, I never ever see myself as good looking for my age or I never have but it's it's just like as I've gained weight even though I've gained weight around my body and, and haven't probably appreciated how worse that looked than what it used to um it was my face that upset me the most and and, and sort of want to get that better but I'm not thinking about it in terms of a target because this is another key thing and this is something that people never talk about people talk like oh you've you've, you've got to weigh yourself you've got to track your progress I might be the only person in the world to say this, but I think that's nonsense for me. For me, it's nonsense. Because I don't want to put loads of effort in, get on the scales and be like, wow, I've lost a pound. All that effort, a pound. Because all that means for me is psychologically, I'll have to put the same effort in again to lose another pound. And I'll have to put in 98 times that effort to lose 100 pounds. So I'd rather think the number might be bigger. I don't know, but that's fine. 
you know, I almost use the ostrich technique in my favor. I just think I've just got to keep going because the problem with having a dietary target and a target weight is that what do you do when you get there? Because no, most people don't get there. Most people don't actually reach a target weight, particularly if you've got a lot to lose. They go wrong before then. But it's worth having to think about what would you do if you get to your target weight? Because to me, that's a finish line and it can't be a finish line. So in a way, the number of getting there is not important. What's important is that you develop the habits and you keep them. So for me, it's about the habits. It's not about the weight. I believe that if I do the right things, the weight will happen. And it will on its own. However, if I start thinking about a finish line, I think, oh, when I get to my target weight, I can have takeaways again and I can have trips to McDonald's for a Big Mac and I can do X and Y and Z. But there's a pitfall there as well. Because the pitfall then is that you start thinking about what you can't have. So, for example, at 6 p.m., if I finish my dinner, which I quite often do, and I think, right, that's it till the morning. I know that come mid-evening, like I said, I'm going to be peckish. I'm going to be ready to eat something. I'm going to want a bun or I'm going to want a piece of toast or I'm going to want cereal. I'm going to want it. And I know it's going to happen because it does every day, right? So, at that point, at, at 6 o'clock, if I know it's coming... And I think, I am not allowed this. I must go to bed without this. And I've got to wait for five hours and not eat a thing. That's going to be really difficult for me psychologically. So I never, ever think I am not allowed something. I always think, if I want a piece of toast before I go to bed, if I really feel like I can't go to bed without it, then I can have it. Now, in 16 days, I haven't had it because I've just get to it and think, you know what? If I've got my sugar level right... I'm not going to feel hungry. If your sugar's too low, because obviously I can't go to bed, for example, if my sugar's five. So you aim for about seven to eight to nine before you go to bed. Then I think seven to eight is probably the target range. The nurse has always said like below 10 is fine, but I actually prefer to be a bit close to seven or eight. Seven being the absolute target. And I'm pretty good at getting to it in and around that. But if, if, if I suddenly came in at like five and I'd had too much insulin or I'd miscalculated and taken too much insulin then I would have to eat something now another pitfall I'd have to be careful that I didn't take a bit too much insulin so I could eat something later because obviously whilst it's good for your sugar levels it's those additional calories on board that additional food that I don't want because I want the benefit of that intermittent fast because your body when it's not eaten is burning fat and it's doing it through the night and it's helping me. And I've always got this image in my mind that I remember the nurse saying to me, it was a throwaway comment, but she said to me that when I was, and I'm bigger now than I was when this was said, which is why I've got to do it. And this actually really bothers me. And I, 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 it's a good thing, but it's, it's, it's a reason to do it. And, and I look forward to getting back to where I was before. I'm not going to be happy until I'm back to where I was before. And I know I want to be under 100 kilos. And that's heavy. I'm way over that now. Way, way over that now. Um, but I want to get down to that. And I'm not going to be happy till I am. So forget about targets. I don't want to get on the scales and be anywhere near. Even if I've lost like 40 kilos, right? I'm not even bothered about how much weight I might lose until I get there. The number is irrelevant. If I got on the scales today and I was 102 kilos, I know, I know how much that would have meant I've lost. I still don't care. I want to be under that. And it's about understanding your own psychology. It's about understanding your own approach and make turning that into your advantage. So 
the nurses and doctors will tell you, and, and you should listen to a point because they'll tell you some good things and you can get some good advice, but you've got to know yourself. How do you lose weight? How, how What do you need to do? For me, I don't need to be going on the scales every week. So I'd politely decline the weight management program because I can do it myself. I don't want, um, I know I'm doing what I have to do. That's not the point. The activities are getting done. The actions are getting taken. I don't need to get on the scales after a really hard week and see that I haven't lost any weight because that'll just knock us off. I'll literally think to myself, what's the point? Why am I doing this? And and, and I know that's going to happen. And yes, you can do the virtue signaling thing as soon as I say that, go, no, but it's good and you're doing better. And I can save myself that problem by just carrying on, just keeping going. I won't have that psychological pressure if I just keep blasting away blindly. And I know that works for me. Now, that won't work for everybody, but I know that works for me in this context and I can keep going because to me, it's not the number. Like, I feel my stomach, for example. I can now get a hold of my guts. Now, I'll I'll notice when that's not happening anymore and that'll mean it's going. And I'll know when my clothes start to feel slacker. You know, the, the, my shirts already feel a little bit a little bit better, a little bit easier to wear, a little bit more fitted which is nice. And I look forward to the day where I get back to where I was a while back where I needed a, a belt to keep my jeans up, where I certainly don't now. Um, but I look forward to that time where my waistline shrinks and and that's occurred. I look forward to that. And I know what I've got to do to get there. I know it's just a case of having four or five months of what I'm doing now, adding in exercise, dropping a bit more off the food, but I'm not going to get too st- stuck on that because the more you think about what you can't have, the harder it is. Like I say, I don't... St- Come, come off my meals at half five every day thinking well 14 hours to go and I can have something else that would be the worst thing ever so for example now I'm thinking well it's five to twelve I'm gonna to go to bed in a sec I don't feel hungry I'm I'm quite happy to go to bed and I look forward to getting up and having breakfast like I look forward to it and I accept you know that I don't have the psychology I'm not one of these people who 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 never thinks about food like I've got family members who almost have like one meal a day and they just snack on nothing during the day, and they have one meal a day, and it's a bit of a chore for them. They just do it because they have to. They're not really bothered about food. They don't have that thing in your head that I've got where I just, like, I'm always aware of where my next meal's going to be. So I turn that to my advantage by having this structure, by testing my sugar. I honestly think if I wasn't diabetic, I wouldn't be able to do it because I wouldn't be getting punished in the way that I get punished for diabetes if I had to... Um, I'm, I'm using the testing, which is important. I'm using that... And the prospect of having a HbA1c, which is a 12-week average sugar level. And mine's quite high at the minute because obviously I was doing everything wrong. It actually went down a little bit, but I told the nurse, full accountability, Mia Culver here, that she said, oh, well, I'm pleased it's gone down a little bit from whatever it was by about 10, 15 points. And I said, look, nurse, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I said, I don't deserve any credit for that at all. No credit because... Whatever that is was just where it was. It wasn't, I didn't try anything. I didn't try to be better. I just must have been taking a bit more insulin to get rid of sugar a bit better because I need to do that. You know, that is the, that's just where I am. You know, it's not because I've, it's like when people give me credit for not drinking. I don't drink alcohol. I never have. I just don't like the taste of it. Um, In anything, you put it in my favourite drink. I die coke and I, and I still don't want it. You know, it's I just don't like the feeling of being drunk. My body, 
I'm actually sick. I get ill. I get a really bad pain in my shoulder. I don't get drunk, um, probably because I'm such a big guy, just absorb it, but it just doesn't agree. And I think I've actually got an intolerance to it because I get really violently ill after just, you give me half a pint and I A, don't like it, and B, can't drink it. So, and some people say, oh, wow, that's really good. Well done. And I say, no, no, I don't deserve any credit for it because I'm choosing not to do it. It's easy. You know, it's like, it's like at work sometimes where, where I get praise for when someone emails back from an email I've sent and says, oh, yeah, would like to go ahead and do that. Oh, well done for getting that sorted. It's like, well, not really, because if you're praising me for someone else's response, then you're going to criticise me for when they come back and say something you don't want to hear. In both instances, I've had nothing to do with their reply. I've just literally asked them a question and I'm getting praised for their response because you like the response. And that's where I'm very, very honest and that's why I can do this this way. Now, you might need a bit more, you know, you need to hold yourself to account. And a few people do like live online weigh-ins and stuff. And there's all different things you can do. But for me, it's just a case of I'll do it for a month. Then I'll see where I am. And even then it can be deep demotivating. Because if I went back after a month and I'd only lost, it's quite a lot, but like six kilos, like a stone nearly. I think I was sort of six and a half kilos as a stone. That wouldn't feel like a lot to me at this point. Like, I, I want to lose 10. I want to lose 10, 15 kilos. Like, it's not going to happen. That's 30 pounds. That's two stone and two pounds. But that's the kind of weight loss I'm after, quickly. And it's not going to happen. Like, you've got to take your time. So how long do I have to wait before I can get that reading where it's actually two kilos? Or, or two stones, sorry. And then I can feel great. Say, oh, I've dropped that enough. I just need to do that again. And that'll feel more manageable and more doable. Um, so it's about a lot of when you're planning these things. You've got to execute it, obviously, but... The planning phase, I think you've got to be really, really honest with yourself in terms of exactly how do you get from A to B. And and trust yourself, trust your own process because it may, not, it may be that you need to be weighed every morning and see a third of a pound coming off every single day. Now, to me, that would be like, okay, but it would kill me the days where I got on the scales and I might have gained a bit. Or I might not have lost any, or I might be a little bit more. And I think, hang on a minute, I'm doing all this stuff, it isn't working. And that just, it even if you have to react to that, for me, I'm in a better place now because for 16 days I haven't had that conflict. I've just got on with it. I've just carried on testing. I've made sure that I've been disciplined with my food. I've had good, good readings. Every any time that I've had not so good readings, I've, um, you know, adjusted I've noticed over the last few days that I feel like I'm at the point where I need to increase the amount of discipline, so I need to try a bit harder. So I might, I'm eating a certain amount, but I feel like I've just got to tighten it up a little bit every so often, just gradually, you know, get into that a bit more. Because it's psychologically difficult. When you first, for me, when I first put like one sandwich down for lunch, I'm thinking, bloody hell, that's not much. And I'm hating the fact that it's one and not two and not three. Now, I was thinking before, when I first started, I was thinking... I want a third sandwich. Even though it's like a big bun, I'm thinking I want three. Because I can eat three, no problem. I can eat five or six, to be honest with you. So just to have two, I thought, crikey, that's not a lot. Whereas now I'm feeling like, that's fine. I need to dial in again, get it down a bit more. I'm not doing that at every meal, because there's always that thing where no matter what you're doing, people tell you that you should be doing more. I think you just have to do stuff for a while and and be be okay with it. Like for example, there's a tendency if you tell someone you're on a diet and you'll go and you'll eat a meal somewhere and they go, you can't have that. You should be eating that. You shouldn't, you know. And you just find yourself thinking, just leave us alone. Just leave me to it. Um, and it's also the thing like 
anything that you eat, someone will tell you what's wrong with it. Oh, you shouldn't be having that. You should be eating this. Oh, this is bad for you. Don't eat that. It's bad for you. Everything's bad for you. Like, you know, apart from like lettuce and stuff that's made basically of water, you know, but you've just got to trust your system, make sure. And again, I know that it worked before. What I'm doing now worked before. So I know that I can replicate it again. It's just a case of sticking to it. That's it. It's just a case of between meals, not eating. And when I get to meals, eating something correct and not falling at the trap of going, oh, I'll just go for a takeaway tonight. Because once you start doing that, it all goes to ratchet straight away because you've got to stick. It's, that's the discipline part for me is just get my next meal right. That's all you've got to do. Just get your next meal right. Just get your next meal right and just get your next fast right between that meal. So don't snack, don't eat anything silly because I had a craving the other week. Um, I love uh, Greg's sausage rolls, like everyone does, don't they? And sometimes you get those where they're in the packets and they're not as, I like it when they're not, um, you know, you get them where they're sort of overbaked a little bit and they're a bit crunchy, but I don't like them. I like the ones that are a bit softer and if they're in those packets, they're softer. So I can eat two of them. Absolutely no problem at all. And believe you me, if you're a diabetic, you know this. Sausage rolls are full of everything. Your sugar goes through the bloody roof when you eat them. But they're bloody lovely because that's why they're nasty because they taste nice. And when you're dieting, you kind of get used to not having that like real buzz boost when you eat something, that massive like, oh, when it's really, really nice. You can kind of trick yourself a little bit. So, for example, tomorrow I'm going down to my dad's and I'm having a burger that he's got, right? He oh, burger's bad. But I'm going to take my lettuce with me. I've got a baby gem lettuce and I'm going to have a little bit of tomato sauce. And I know how much insulin to take for it. I'm just going to make sure that for the morning, I'm just going to have Weetabix in the morning when I get up and a light lunch so I can go there in the evening and have a nice meal um, and not worry too much. Like it's still going to be a calorie deficit for me. It's still going to be weight off. And it's nice. You've got to have that. You can't eat. You've got to find stuff you like. You've got to find stuff you like. Even if it's like slightly more than you need to eat, you know, I'm not eating at the minute like I'm 12 or 11 stone, right? I'm eating like somebody who wants to be 15 stone. Because as long as you're eating as like a 15 stone person with a calorie deficit, that way it will come off if you're over that. You know, that's why I think people make a big mistake is they eat. You've got to do it incrementally. Now, I'm not saying if you're 25 stone to eat like a 23 stone person, you probably have to do a lot better than that. But for example... If you're wanting to get to, if you're say you're 20 stone and you want to get to 14 stone, then I think it's okay to eat like a 15 stone person would at the beginning until you get that progress. And then it just, it helps you, it gives you a chance because if you're, if you've got big or you've got any weight on you that you want to lose, you've demonstrated the behavior that's got you to that size. You've demonstrated that you haven't got the discipline to be the perfect weight because you're not the perfect weight. So you have to make changes and those things take time and you've got to do it incrementally. Be realistic. It's easy for people to virtue to you and do the virtue thing and say, you know, we should be, you know, I should get up at six in the morning tomorrow, go to the gym, have, have an hour and a half in the gym. I should come home, have a protein shake. I should eat nothing else, have salad for lunch. Go for a run in the evening, maybe take, get the bike, point in the car, go for a bike ride. Come home, you know, have a, a some chicken and rice with a bit of salad, grilled vegetables, and then go to bed and do the same thing the next day. It's not really going to happen for me. You know, if I was going to do that, I'd be doing it already. And I do things decidedly different. So for me, it's a sliding scale. 
I've made huge strides by dropping what I, the bad stuff that I was doing. And I was doing some bad stuff. I earned the weight that I am by what I ate and maybe even could have been bigger. So I'm just doing things better and it's showing and I'll continue to just do what I have to do. And when I get, you know, when I'm down to a weight that I can stomach, um, and no pun intended, I will start to, um, I will start to to track it a bit better. Because when you get lighter, I think you have to. So I'm on about if you, for me, it works because I'm so heavy that, to be honest, weighing myself is no fun for the next four stall. So I, I just need to just do the work. And if I do the work, I'll see it, I'll feel it, and I'll and I'll get there. I'm not in denial. I'm not pretending I'm doing it. I know I'm eating right because I've lost three or four, well, three stone before. And I'll, and I'll lose it again. And I'll probably lose, you know, for me, when I lose about five stone, then I'm into that range where I have to start really getting into it hard. And I'm looking forward to that. You know, I look forward to the day where I've, I've got this starting phase over with. It's not because I want to eat more. It's probably the opposite, actually. I want to eat probably less, but I want to incorporate exercise and I want to start like dialing into it a bit more and and sort of getting that you know real feel good about what I'm about what I'm doing and starting to make a real change because as much as we pretend that it's that we don't care what people say the exact opposite is true you know I used to quite like it when people would make nice comments saying oh wow you know you've done really well you've you've lost weight you're looking good and it felt nice that it did feel nice I didn't love it you know I wasn't one of these people that kind of wanted people to say something or would kind of sort of hanker after people saying stuff like you know like on Instagram where people sort of want likes and stuff I was never like that but it was nice when someone said oh you're looking good you're looking like you're losing a bit of weight and I was like that that felt really good for me and and it, I'm not used to compliments so it was a lot better than people saying how's your diet going because you know then that means it's going bad because they used to say you'd lost lots of weight now they're saying how's it going well it obviously means that they don't think you've lost it anymore and if, if anything got bigger and that's been my story for the past few years whereas I'm looking forward to people saying oh you're looking good you know you're looking fit because that's a lot more fun you know at the end of the day leaner is better I'm not one of these people that subscribes to the nothing tastes as good as being thin I love me food and I always will but it's about working out what's the kind of best scenario for me where I can still be fit and healthy. What can I, you know, I do want to be able to, at some point, be able to go and have a bar meal or a, or a Morrison's breakfast. What I also have to do is make sure that if I do that, I've got to eat a lot less for the rest of the day to compensate. You know, I can do it, but I've got to make adjustments just to make sure that I'm not eating too much all the time because that only only ends up in one place and it doesn't feel good. So, so far, so good, but there's a long way to go. But again, it's all about just the next meal, just getting the next meal right and it's just getting the next decision right, the monitoring right, the medication and letting time do its work. Um, and yeah, I'm enjoying it. I've got a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm planning when I next go to London through work to get things right in terms of taking food with me so I'm not scratching around in London for end up buying crap that's full of all sorts like sandwiches, pre-packed sandwiches. Like that. I'm just going to box clever with it. Um, I'm staying in a hotel that I know does uh, cereal breakfast and Weetabix and toast that I can have exactly what I have now so it's like the same. So again, just boxing clever um, and, you know, Fingers crossed, I can keep keep things keep things tight, and uh, and and just you know 
keep it going because that's the key. It's persistence. It's a, it's a challenge, but I'm enjoying the structure. And the great thing about it is that, you know, I know the power of the days passing. It's almost that I see it as almost like a science experiment. I'm just slowly but surely cranking up. It's a great feeling. I'm not stuck in the negative bit of thinking, what the hell do I do? I've got to get going. I've got to get going. I've started. So, the, you know, the, it's cliched, but the best thing you can do is just to get going. And it is really hard, especially if you've never done it before. If you've never done it before, you haven't got that confidence of knowing that it works, but it does. And all I'll say is that, you know, at the end of the day, if you eat less and you move more, 100% you'll lose weight. And if you do it for a month, you will see the difference, no matter how big you are or, you know, or what you need to lose. If you've just got seven pounds to lose, then that's a bit more tricky because obviously that's not a huge change. In it. But that's, again, you will do that. If you just knock off the excess stuff that you're having that you shouldn't, you know, take away the snacks, stop eating after, you know, 6 p.m., you start drinking more water, start doing a bit more exercise, you'll you'll get there. But if you've got a lot of weight to lose, and I'm on about like over sort of three or four stone, then you will see the benefit if you stop doing what's got you there. Um, you'll see the benefit quite quickly and it'll happen quite quick. And sometimes if you feel like it's not going to work, like I used to feel like my body just wouldn't lose weight. I don't know why, I just felt like it wouldn't work. And then I saw it work and it was like, wow, I can really do this. Um, so I'll leave it there, guys. Apologies, that's been quite a long sort of single ramble, but um, just wanted to share some that insight, that journey with you. And obviously, it's an ongoing thing, um, but you might take some value from it. And and obviously, you know, I send you my best wishes if you're undergoing that, because I know it's not easy, but it is empowering. And it is if you get through the first three or four days, I promise you, it gets easier. First three or four days are disgusting because your body just screams out for what you're used to having and your brain plays tricks on you and you think this is like... After first two two or three days, I was like, if this is how hard it is, I can't do it. Um, but gradually, it gets easier. And I know that also sounds cliched, but it is true. So all the best to you. I hope you send good wishes my way and I'll see you on the next Let's Take a Moment podcast in the next few days. All the best for now and goodbye.